Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. You got your Bibles? Open them. Just put your finger wherever, we'll get to it. We had Unbound. That was amazing. If you didn't go... We'll give you another shot at some point. Uh, we had 73 participants go to Unbound uh, through the weekend. That's pretty amazing for this size church. We can give applause for that. I think that's pretty awesome. Don't start me yet, man. Don't start my clock yet. I haven't started preaching yet. Give me 30. All right. Tr uh, Trisha Hobbs died. She was 41 this week. Um, her family are the Beals. Her parents, her nieces, and her nephews are still living. I want to take just a moment. Let's pray for that family. Amen. In the midst of crisis. So we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would comfort this family. We pray that they'd have revelation knowledge of who you are like never before. God, that they would make a commitment to you and see and recognize, God, that, that life is everlasting. So we lift them to you, and we know, Lord, that your will is to love and comfort. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this week, man, I was stretched. I was stretched. First of all, Don Potter is from another planet. That, that's number one. And uh, just heard a lot of stuff, you know, that was like, wow, wow. Now, there's two ways that you can approach that, and I want to kind of hit on that a little bit. You can go... Well, like a rock star a while and be stupid, you know. Or you can or you can like listen to what he's saying and find out exactly what he's trying to communicate because it was three D. It was uh you know, it was uh very uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Dimensional. dimensional. No, that's not dimensional, but Abstract, thank you very much. That's the word I'm looking for. Very abstract, you know, in his thought processes. And so some of the stuff that I heard, I had to go back home and look at and look up Scripture and figure out how he got to where he got. Uh, that's good. That's not bad. That's good. Hopefully it made you want to dig. Hopefully it challenged you. Hopefully you were at a place where you said, man, this guy... This guy, you know, he, he's pretty deep. He, he sees a little bit deeper than me. That's one of the biggest things that I came away with. Um, so in me, without going to like three different things, I'm just going to try to stay focused on one thing. Uh, for me, he, he, he really dealt with the Lord, being he, really dealt with three things. The first one being pride. The second one being uh, religion. And the third one being fear. Pride, religion, and fear. All three of those. Pride comes when you think you're somewhere that you're not, really. Or you're satisfied with where you are. And you're kind of almost proud of, of where you are you know, in the Lord, because you see things in the Lord, and then you realize you don't see near as much as the Lord wants you to see. So that kind of goes in there. 
Uh, fear is, fear comes in when you're scared to begin to broach things that you don't understand. And so then religion kind of kicks in and tries to explain away why something ain't so. And so when you get to where you're thinking about things that are really spiritual like angels that we're going to talk about tonight, <clears throat> you can have two approaches to it. You can be really fearful of that and religious about that and dogmatic about what you've always learned when you were at the traditional church about those things, or you can begin to open up your mind a little bit and discover what God intends us to know about those things with an absence of fear. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight, because here's what I got I'm one shallow preacher. That's what I got. I got, I got, oh, you see in the Spirit. You do. I mean, you can really see in the Spirit, Pastor. Are you satisfied with that? Or would you like to see what I really want to show you in the Spirit? And, and the answer to that question is, you know I really want to see you, and then quit being satisfied with where you are and quit fearing going further. There's two, two types of things. Religion, what religion says is, well, that don't happen no more today. Or religion says, well, I'm just not sure about that. Religion says, and you cannot be sure. You need to check it out, but you also need to figure out what the content of all of it is. But let me just ask you something. Are, are we... When it comes to super spiritual things, are we more scared of those super spiritual things or are we more scared of the church saying stuff like uh, my, my mama has leukemia and the, and the chemotherapy that she's going to go through is the anointing oil and so we're not going to lay hands on her and pray for her. We're going to believe that the chemotherapy is the anointing oil. Which one is more dangerous? opening and expanding your ideas of who God is and his bigness or shutting him down and saying he don't do that no more. You see, the church does that. The church wants to shut the thing down, especially when it comes to expanding things in the kingdom that you don't understand. And you can't ever find in Scripture where they actually understood the stuff. And there was a lot more that they couldn't see than they could see. In other words, the invisible realm is a lot bigger than the visible and there's a lot more for us to see than we actually see. And so what I thought I would do is delve into angels. <laughs> Since we are probably all thinking something similar to the same thing. When you start thinking about the invisible realm and the angelic beings, we think that's a really neat idea. But we really don't believe in angelic beings like Scripture presents them. If we really believed it, we would be a lot more inclined to press into spiritual things so that we could actually see some of it. Now, what I heard this weekend, Don Potter told me, he walked in, he said, he said to somebody, and I heard him say it, and I didn't, he didn't really say it to me. I was kind of privy to the conversation. He says, you know, there's... He says, one way I know God likes this place is there's two angels out front. That's what you prayed for Monday night. <laughs> there's two angels out front. I ain't never seen no angel out front. You seen one? 
Now, we can think one or two things. That's really weird. <laughs> or we can think, dang, there's two angels out front. I really want to see those. Prayer teams pray for you. Know, I mean, you really can. You can do that. Now, here's the deal. Do you really want to see them? I do too. I think. I mean, sounds good to say, yeah, doesn't it? But do you really, really, really? <laughs> I don't know. So are angels, do they really exist? Are they here? Do, do, are they involved in your life? Are they involved in the church's life? Now, <clears throat> I talked to somebody this week who was having trouble with their children. And this is what they said. They said, you know, I've just, I've just gotten to the point where I'm done and I'm just going to let the Lord do it. And I'm thinking on the other end of the phone, that's stupid. <laughs> Why? Because the Lord has a plan. And it's not a plan that doesn't take human interaction. God uses authority and he uses people. He is both an authority and a person. And so the Lord wants to use him in those two things. Now, when you begin to embark on the task at hand without hearing from heaven, then you get in trouble. But your plan of action isn't to take your hands off of it and just let God do it because he won't do it. He's going to use somebody or something to bring it about in the power of the Holy Spirit by grace, right? And so when we think about that, we have to think this, th this thought that Don kind of brought to us, and that is, do you think it's only your name that's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life? Or do you think possibly with your name is actually the plan and purpose of your life that's written down? Now, here's the thought. You can think, well, where's he getting that? That religious thing rises up and says, well, where's he getting that? I don't care. It's, theolog it's theologically accurate that God has a plan. His plan for you is to and not to. But what do you have? He had a plan. He's got a plan, right? Now, we also know that the angelic hosts are there to minister to the church and to the individual, right? And so they are to carry out the plan of God. So there are two things that we know that are theologically accurate regardless of how we want to conjure this up in that mind, and that is God has a plan, and God can carry out that plan with people and with heavenly hosts. That's the way he does it, through authority. And that's one of the things that we're going to discover. Now, if that is true, my job as a believer becomes intently focused on this one thing. Man, I want to know the plan of God. Man, 
I want to know the commands that God is giving to the angelic host to begin to fight hellish forces, to push them back so that the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit can come upon me so that I can begin to move in a way that's actually going to bring victory and prosperity to the situation. So I want to find out. I want to learn God's plan. I want to be in alignment with what he's doing. So it's imperative that I believe that something supernatural and something spiritual is working on my behalf. It's the kingdom of heaven, and it's how it works. So tonight we're going to discover that angels really do exist and that they have... uh, We're going to talk about what an angel is and where do angels come from. We're going to begin to discover why angels were created. We're going to talk about uh, how each Christian really has a guardian angel. It's in Scripture. We're going to begin to specify the the duties that have been assigned to angels. (laughs) We're going to begin to discover what angels are like. Do they really have wings? Some of them do. From where did they, uh, the fallen angels come from? Is there a rank in heaven for angelic beings? And the other thing is, can you get out of balance with your thought processes about angels? The answer to that is, yes, you can. And so what we want to do is we want to be open to spiritual things, but this is what I want you to do. This is what I want us to do. I want you to come to the realization that before the foundation of the world, God had you in his eye. You were were the apple of God's eye. And he formed you in your mother's womb. And in your mother's womb, he had a plan for you. And not only did he have a plan for you, he had it written out, and he had everything lined up so that you could be prosperous in that plan being carried out. As long as you don't think your opinion is better than his. When you get to thinking that your opinion is better than his, you might be in a little bit of deep weeds. And so, and so I want you to focus on this thought. God wants to do incredible things in your life. I mean out of sight, miraculous stuff. He's got a plans for you, and he has a legion of angels that are at his beckoning call that he's ready to send forth on your behalf to fight hell back so that you can win. Yeah. And you need to come from a place of victory and not defeat. That you need to begin to live your life knowing that victory is yours and not defeat. Say that with me. Victory is mine, not defeat. Say it again. Victory is mine and not defeat. I win by the grace of God and the power of his might. I win. Amen? All right. So I gave you all these notes. These are my notes that I usually put together in some semblance and then just preach. But 
I want you to have all this stuff, and we're going to go over more than we would, and I put more on here than I normally would so that you could study these notes. So you could take them home, and you really could come to a conclusion about what I'm about to teach you. All right? So what's an angel? Where did angels come from? The word angel is derived from the Greek word angelos, meaning messenger, and it comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. So the word angel means messenger. Angels are supernatural beings distinctly separate from the human race. In other words, they're created beings by God, just like the human race is created, but not human. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. Let's read it out loud together. Do you not know that we... Uh-oh. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. Were y'all reading the same thing I was? It sure didn't sound like it. Okay, let's do it again. Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more than matters pertaining to this life? We're going to judge angels. Hebrews 1.14 says this, And they, not all ministering spirits, sent out to serve. And they, not all ministering spirits, are they, not all ministering spirits, sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. And so angels are supernatural beings distinctly separate from the human race. They are ministering spirits, messengers of God. They are created by God sometime prior to the existence of man. That's written out in Job chapter 38, verse 7. Isn't that good to know? God created angels before he created you. Did y'all know that angels can't be redeemed? That's one of the things that makes you different. God came, sent Jesus, and it says all creation moans and groans for redemption of man for the redemption of the creation, except angels. The earth will be redeemed. Mankind will be redeemed. Angels won't be redeemed. They'll be judged because they've already been in the presence of the Lord. Angels neither marry nor reproduce. In addition, there are more angels than you can count. There are legions and legions and legions of angels. Matthew chapter 26, verse 53. Read this with me out loud. Do you not... That's with me out loud, not for me out loud. There's a major difference. You ready? Do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father and He will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? Luke 2, 13 says this, read it with me. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Hebrews 12, 22. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in a festival gathering. That's kind of cool right there, isn't it? Revelation 5.11 says, Then I looked, 
And I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with one loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. They don't reproduce, but there's a bunch of them. He created a lot of them. And so if you want to look at more stuff, there's Luke 20, all those things down in the bold give you more things about the multitude of angels that God has at his hand to minister to him. As messengers. So why were they created? Angels were created to minister to God, to worship God. That's why angels were created. Let's look at Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 6. You are the Lord, you alone. Let's read it together. I like that. Do y'all like that? Is that good? Let's do it together. You are the Lord, you alone. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all that's in it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve all of them, and the host of heaven worships you. So the angels were created to minister to God. Psalm 148.2 says this. Read it with me. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Hebrews 1.6. And again, when He brings the firstborn into the world, He says, let all God's angels worship Him. Revelation. Chapter 7, verse 11 through 17. Now, I only had like, like three verses here, but I got to reading it so I couldn't hardly stand myself, so I put the whole thing down here. And we're just going to have fun reading it. Is that cool? We're going to read it with a loud voice, right? We're going to read it loudly with enthusiasm. Matter of fact, let's stand up. Woo-hoo! <laughs> I'm going to get back here with you so I can see it. He says, my clock's ticking. Oh. Where is it? Revelation chapter 7. There it is. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me saying, Who are these clothed in white robes? And from all... Yes. Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will shelter them with His presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. Is the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, 
and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Whoop, whoop. Amen. Hallelujah. If you need some more, there's some more scripture in bold. They were created to worship. And they were also created for ministry to man. The heirs of salvation. Genesis 28, 12. And he dreamed... And behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to the heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Matthew 4.11, then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Hebrews 1.14, we already read it, but let's read it again. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Myriads and myriads of angelic beings created to minister to those who are saved. You still tracking with me? Do you think you're in this alone? If you ever feel like you're by yourself, you're not by yourself. You're not alone. You've got a ministering angel there to attend to. If you want more information on that, there's some bold at the bottom. So angel means messenger, and they were created to worship God. So then, it, which we've already really discovered, but let's just go ahead and ask the question anyhow. So do I really have a guardian angel? Let's say that. Let's say that together. Do I really, do I really have a guardian angel? Let's say it again. Do I really have a guardian angel? Can we go ahead and say yes? Yes. I do. Isn't that cool? I mean, to me, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm, wait a minute now. Does that mean he's, he's, he's here? I mean, do, so how many might be in the room if we all have a guardian angel? At least you got one, so that means there's probably 80 angels, at least in close proximity or in the midst of running back and forth, however that works. I don't know how that works. We'll figure that. And it doesn't matter to me. All I really want to know, and all I really have to understand, is that God created ministering angels before he created mankind, and they were created to worship him and to minister to me when he created us. Well, what do they do? Well, they minister to your physical needs. They, they minister to the physical needs of God's people. They provide protection and deliverance from danger. Did you just hear me? They provide protection and deliverance from danger. You've seen videos. You've seen stuff on 
Facebook, you've heard about car wrecks where cars were flipped over and, and people had supernatural strength. And there's all kinds of things that we've known. I can tell you this personally. Personally, I was driving a riding lawnmower up a berm. And it was like a, it probably shouldn't have been on that berm. Let me just say that. And I drive up this berm, and, and I couldn't get to the top. It was spinning because of the incline. And so I, I, I mashed the clutch in to let it roll backwards. And then I decided I was going to go ahead and let it try to do it again about halfway down. Anybody ever done something stupid like that? And when I popped the clutch, the whole thing shot up in the air out from underneath me. Turned a whole flip, and all I could see were the, the blades spinning coming at me as I'm laying on my back on the ground. Now, before that thing hit the ground, I was out of the way. Nothing happened. And I always thought that, I could, that time slowed down. It felt like time slowed down. Now, I don't know if there was an angelic being that pulled me out from underneath that or whether God somehow slowed time down. I don't know, but it was like it slowed. I, I mean, I'm here. I didn't get cut. You know what I mean? There are all kinds of things reported like that. Let's look at Genesis chapter 19, verse 1 through 5. We ain't never going to get done. They started the clock too early. I love this story. I couldn't, I couldn't put just a little bit. I had like four verses in this one, but I, I wanted to read the whole thing. So let me just read it to you. The two angels, they came to Sodom in the evening. Now, y'all know Sodom got blown up, right? They came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. And when Lot saw them, the two angels, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth. And said, my lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend a night and wash your feet. There's a couple of things you need to know about that. Lot could recognize that they were angels. God tells us in Scripture, and I'm, I'm going to get to it, I'm sure, that be careful that you, when you entertain strangers because you might be entertaining angels unaware. Right? You've heard that? But well, there's also a place that you can get in the spirit where you can see angels and that you can know they are angels. I mean, I'm reading it right here. This is a normal human being. His name is Lot. Matter of fact, there was a lot of things about Lot that we could learn <laughs> that we won't learn tonight. It says, please turn aside and then you may rise up. So, no, where am I? My lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go on your way. And they said, no, we'll spend the night in town, in the town square. But he pressed them strongly. So they turned aside to him and entered his house. And he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man, surrounded the house. And they called to Lot. Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them, that we may have sex with them. Lot went out to the men at the entrance, shut the door after him, and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. 
Uh, this is a great thing to do. Behold, I have two daughters. I'll give them to you so you can have sex with them. And they hadn't even ever known a man. Let me bring them out to you and do to them as you please. Only do not do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they said, stand back. And they said, this fellow came to sojourn, and he has become the judge. And they're talking about Lot. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. Then they pressed hard against the man, Lot, and drew near the break, drew near to break the door down. But the men reached out. Who's, who's the men? The two angels reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck with blindness the men who were at the entrance of the house, both small and great. So they, they wore themselves out, groping for the floor for the door. Then the men said to Lot, "Have you anyone else here? Sons-in-laws, daughters, or anyone you?" Uh, anyone you have in the city, bring them out of this place, for we are about to destroy this place, because the outcry against the people has become great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. What did the Lord send them to do? So Lot went out and said to his son-in-laws who were to marry his daughters, Up, get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed, but it, he seemed to his son-in-laws to be jesting. As morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Up, take your wife and your daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. Angels minister to the physical needs of God's people. They provide protection and deliverance from danger. There it is in Scripture. This is the creation. These are the sons of God. This is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the same God that you serve. There's some more scripture references in bold there that you can check out this point. They provide protection and they deliver from danger. The second thing they do, angels get can impart physical strength to men in this time of need, just like I talked about just a minute ago. Daniel 10, 16 and 19 says this, And behold, one in the likeness of children of man touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke. And I said to him, Who stood before me? O oh, my Lord, by reason of the vision, pains, pains have come upon me, and I retain no strength. How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For now no strength remains in me, and no breath is left in me. Again, one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man, greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you. Be strong and of good courage. As he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. So angels come to minister to the physical needs of people. They provide protection and deliverance. And they also impart physical strength to man. We've all heard stories. But I just want to tell you, I think the more that we understand what's going on and the more we have revelation of what's going on, the more we're going to see. If we don't believe it, it's not going to happen. If you're not expecting it, if you're not moving out in the will of God, expecting legions of angels to be on, on your side to bring you victory and prosperity, most likely you're not going to see it. Again, Daniel knew who he was talking to. Again, there's in bold some other scriptures that will talk 
and show you how they impart physical strength. Number three, sometimes they are even sent with man's supply of food for nourishment. That happens in 1 Kings. Gabriel imparted skill and understanding to Daniel concerning a vision he received from God. Angels serve as a supernatural means of communication between God and man. And there's some reasons why they do that. The first one is for the purpose of direction. Angels can give you direction. Isn't that interesting? Now, you've got the Holy Spirit, and you need to be attentive to the Holy Spirit. But it also says here, Now the angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and he went. And there was an Ethiopian, an, an, a eunuch, a court official of Cadence, queen of Ethiopians, who was in charge of all the treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. So there was an angel of the Lord, and that could be Jesus. It's, I, I didn't look at, at that. But there's an angel of the Lord that comes to Philip and speaks to him, which I don't think it was Jesus. Uh, Luke is, and Matthew and Acts are some more of, of, of purpose and direction. They also come for encouragement, for revelation. Revelation in the way that they even delivered the law. Angels even delivered the law to Moses. Visions have been interpreted by special messengers from God. They were interpreted in Daniel and Zechariah and in Revelation by angels. Angels have a role to fulfill even after the death of a believer. If you've been in ministry very long, you have always experienced, uh, you have, most everybody that's been in ministry in any length of time has experienced the going home of a saint. And, and sometimes there's such incredible peace in a room that it's absolutely amazing. And there are times when the person that's going home actually begins to talk to the angel in the room. And, they care, and there's a caring to, there's an assignment to bring that saint home. Do I understand that? Uh-uh. I do not, because I see in a mirror dimly, right? Do I believe it? Yes. Why? It's all over Scripture. It's absolutely all over Scripture. Angels are also used to execute His judgments on the unrighteous. Genesis, Samuel, Kings, Isaiah, Chronicles. Second Chronicles, Ezekiel, Matthew, Acts, Revelation. You can see angels bringing judgment on unrighteous people. Amen? Luke 16, 22 says this. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Now, let me tell you what Christine said at lunch. She said that she had never experienced the, the vision or the visual of angelic beings or the presence of God like she experienced Sunday at Eastside. 
She said she saw, she saw jewels and rubies and, and all these things being carried in by angelic forces. And she said she thought to herself, is he coming? Is what she, is, is what she said. I don't think she's blowing smoke. I don't think she says that to everybody. Not, did she? I don't know. I don't know exactly what that is. I just know that it's in Scripture. We have a person that has, that has identified with that. That's our desire. Our prayer team is praying that the angelic hosts would not only guard this place, but fill this place, minister to people in this place, bring kingdom down in this place. We have somebody that testified that that's happening, and I would suggest that most of us aren't even ready for it. <laughs> Including me. I think I'm ready. I mean, I'm not real sure. You know what I mean? You think you're ready till you see Jesus. But the point of the matter is, it's big, y'all. It's big. There's an invisible realm that's more real than the visual, the, the visible realm. And it's deeper and it's wider. And God's desire is to find a man and a woman who is willing to see it. And then pursue him to the point where he can trust them with it. Does that make sense to you? Do you think you're going to see invisible realm without much time in prayer and intercessing? Do you think you're going to receive much if you don't pray in the Spirit much? You see, you pray in the Spirit because you don't know what to pray. And if you've never gotten to the point where you don't know what to pray, you're probably not praying very much. And when you don't know what to pray, you pray in the Spirit, and the Spirit tells God what, what needs to happen, and he, he tells God the will of God. And then He releases the will of God. How does He do it? With a host of angels and the power of the Holy Spirit and grace, working through authority, working through people, on the earth. What's our job? Line up with heaven. Line up with the will of God. Well, I want to do that. How much time are you in his word? How much time are you praying? Are you really surrendered to God? I mean, yeah, I'm asking myself, am I surrendered to God enough? Am I giving God what he wants from me so that he can show me what he wants to show me? I'm asking Be imitators of God as beloved children. We know who we are in Christ. Imitate Him. How? We see Him. How do you see Him? In the Spirit, in the invisible realm. You get to know Him through His Word and through spending time with Him in prayer. So we, I don't doubt that we really want to see God real bad. What I doubt is whether we're willing to sacrifice our time and our schedules to do the things necessary to actually begin to see him. And so I encourage you tonight that there's a realm out there that God wants to show you and, and that he wants to bring about in this place that we're only going to begin to see when we 
really push into him with intercessory prayer and fasting. And then, oh, watch out. And then, victory after victory after victory after victory after victory. Boom. Doug, win, 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 win. Yes? You believe it? Now the question is, pull out your day timer. Pull out your calendar. When are you going to do it? Write it down. I really want you to write it down. Something. Your notes. I want you to write down, when are you going to do it? You're going to do it at 5 in the morning, 7 in the morning, 12, when are you going to do it? When are you going to get prostrate before God and intercede? When are you going to do it? Now, if you don't want to do it, don't write nothing down. But if you really want to do it, write it down. What's going to change in your life to bring this about? Something's got to change. You can't keep doing what you've been doing, most likely. Now, there might be some of you guys who are really, really spiritual who are already doing this, but there are very, very few probably. Now, where are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? Where are you going to do it? I, I Put a room down. What room? Is it outside, in the barn, in the shed? Where are you going to do it? If you don't, you're not going to do it. You might make a middle note. No, you, could do, you could be doing that. Number three. This is what I, what I heard for the Lord to tell me to do. Maybe it's a good idea for you. to Take a, a, a pad without worship music and without the Bible, and ask the Lord what he wants you to do. No music, no Bible. Lord, I'm sitting right here. What you want me to do? I've got my pen in my hand. I've got my pad. What you want me to do? What do you want me to do with my wife? What do you want me to do with my son? What do you want me to do with my neighbor? What do you want me to do with my youth pastor? What do you want me to do with, you can ask him anything. What do you want me to do Easter with my family? What do you want me to do with this person at work? What do you want me to do? I'm listening, Lord. And I think the Lord will speak to you. And then, when you line up with him, and you don't think your opinion is better than his, and you actually start doing what he asks you to do, he's going to send the victory army to get her done. Thanks for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.